everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Rocket Fuel HSV podcast. I'm your host, Brett Ball, and I can't wait to show you what the Huntsville, Alabama food scene has to offer. So strap in, hold tight, and hang on as we'll discover what makes the Rocket City food landscape so unique. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Rocket Fuel HSV podcast. I'm your host, Brett Ball, and today I am here with Keenan of Northside Coffee, owner and operator. How are you doing today, Keenan? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Brett? I'm doing awesome. Man, we've been wanting to do this for what, like three months now? And I'm finally glad you got to be here and got to yeah. come check the studio out uh, do this. So I kind of want to start off today, since you are, I would say, some of the best coffee in town. I really like you. Appreciate it. You know that I've bought plenty of bags from you. Yeah. So what is your favorite style or type of coffee that you think is kind of underrated and you, a lot of people might not know about? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it underrated, but uh, some of my favorite coffee comes from like Costa Rica, someone that uses a really experimental uh, kind of processing. We have this... This origin right now from Costa Rica, where they use an experimental process called the thermic or the thermico process, where they actually, as they're drying the bean, use some fire underneath it and actually caramelize some of the mucilage of the cherry on the bean, which gives it a really unique kind oh, wow. of uh, raspberry tartness. Yeah, that sounds like, like a baker's spice. Sounds like dessert, man. That sounds yeah. really good. So, so I personally really enjoy like a light roast on pour over. Um, just something that's a little bit fruitier, a little floral, still nice and balanced, a little bit of a milk chocolate kind of taste. Um, so a lot of our coffee kind of goes off of this weird uh, fermentation process. We have one from Colombia. They use anaerobic chambers, and we've tried both a 48-hour uh, anaerobic fermented coffee and a 24-hour uh, anaerobic fermented coffee. And it gives a really unique taste to the coffee. Yeah, it sounds like it. So why don't you take us back and tell us uh, where you're located for one and then how you got into uh, the coffee shop business. So we are located inside of Beezer, which is a really interesting story inside of itself. Um, I started roasting coffee as just kind of a hobby at home. And I was connected with all these guys playing in a, just a pickup soccer league. Not really pickup, but uh, like a men's recreational soccer league. And uh, one of the person I was playing with was Doug, who's the brewer at Chandler's Ford Brewing. Okay, yeah, I know Doug. Um, they're also located inside Beezer, but one day Doug uh, was drinking some of our coffee, and he's like, one day I'm going to start my own brewery, and when I do, I want you to come roast coffee for me. I was like, all right, cool. And then he finally calls me up one day. He goes, hey, look, I've got this thing started. going to have a brewery. Why don't you come in, help us get everything set up. We'll, we'll brew beer, roast coffee together, and just kind of make it our own little playhouse and that's what it's turned into so Beezer's actually a collection of a couple different businesses um doug's running chandler's ford brewery which is making some of the freshest beer in town yeah, it's he's pretty good i'll say so he's <laughs> rotated through i don't know 90 something beers last year or something like that and uh he's he's doing really well he's really focused on a lot of loggers lately that have just been stellar oh yeah 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 i don't uh I think my problem with Doug is when you find one you really, really like, then it's not there when you go back because they just rotate. But I appreciate all the that good too. stuff yeah. goes fast, man. So I know it's he's so doing good. A good job. Yeah, so that's, that's a good problem to have. So I don't, I don't hate him on that. Beezer's located on the uh, north side of the square. Uh, when you walk in, you'll see the the tanks, all of his fermenters, his brew house, all set up there. You'll see the long bar on the other side, 
And our cafe is just tucked right over there in the corner on the side of it. You can come in, order all your lattes. We've got some pastries in the morning. Uh, we roast all of our coffee right there on site. And it's really been a fun experience to kind of be a part of all that. Yeah, it is. So you're not just buying beans, shipping them in. You're, you're actually getting them, acquiring them from regions that you've selected. Yeah. Roasting them yourself in-house. Roasting them, playing around with them a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things we've experimented with is our barrel-aged coffee, Ooh. which is something nobody else is doing in town. We took some barrels that we sourced from Irons One, another local business. Okay, yeah, I've had their whiskey yeah. before. So we got some uh, some bourbon barrels from him, aged our coffee in them, and we aged the green bean. And then uh, after about three or four months, we've taken them out of the barrels, roasted them, and the resulting coffee that comes out of it is just something so unique and outstanding. Yeah, that um, three or four months—that's crazy. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a long little investment into it, but the result is well worth the wait. So, has the reception on that been pretty popular? Then, oh yeah, I mean, people just from us talking about it before we released it, uh, it drove up a lot of interest. So, as soon as we released it, I mean, it went real quick. Um, and especially, we went to an event like Coffee and Tea Fest last year. Oh, okay. And uh, while we're set up over there, the uh, we just had pots of that brewing, so everyone in the whole area could smell it. Oh, they man. kept coming over, like, "What is that? It's yeah. just so unique." Yeah, it is. And we're like, "This is our barrel aged. Would you like a free sample?" Wow. And uh, after that, I mean, people were just hooked. Yeah, of course, and it's even better you can keep that kind of locally owned with you know partnering with Irons yeah. One, you know, to bring yeah. that to people. And uh, maybe they've never even tried their whiskey, but I feel like now that they had the coffee, they know where the barrel came right. from, and now it's, they're inclined to try it. We're kind of helping each other out. Not that Jeff needs any help. Oh, He's doing a man. great job. That guy sells out. Trying to get one, one of those. Yeah. Ooh, it's like winning the lottery. I think yeah. I've the 10 times I've tried, I might have been successful twice. But that's uh, some of the cool stuff about owning a small business is you can do a lot of these weird collaborations with other small businesses, and it it really kind of creates its own sense of community with all these other business owners. And uh, we've been able to do like customized blends with other people in the community. Um, we've done t-shirt collaborations with Fow Wow, uh, which is just a shirt design company here, local to oh, Huntsville. Okay. Uh, we've got some other stuff in the works. Like of course, hippie camper. They're also a part of the Beezer team. Um, He's, he's helped us out so much getting started. We spent the whole first year before we opened just going out with him, handing out free coffee. Uh, we've got a collab with him where they make their own oat milk. Uh, his whole theme for all his drinks is Ninja Turtle themed. So we call okay. him the Bebop and the Rocksteady. Oh, cool. And there are uh, vanilla and uh, mocha flavored cold brew lattes that we do together. And those have been a hit. So. Yeah, I think uh, didn't uh, Doug over there at Chandler's Four Brewing? He did a collab, the Garrett Carrot that the was Garrett named Carrot, after yeah. Garrett, right from yeah. Hippie Camper. And uh, that's another thing is the brewery uses a lot of fresh juice from Hippie Camper. So not only do we have our own little internal collaboration going on, but we've we branched out. And Doug did a beer with Fow Wow, and uh, he's done beers with Weedy, who was the old brewer from uh, Blue Pants. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who's now at Tombstone over in Arizona. Oh, wow. So, I mean, like, we've got this whole trying to bring as much of the community in and being involved in what we're doing, and it's been great. Yeah. So, what year did you start Northside? Oh, I started it, I think, 2007 when I actually got my LLC. But at that point, I was just like, I knew I wanted to do something with coffee. I just hadn't quite figured out how. Um, 
we were still roasting on a little rotisserie oven that was converted into a roaster and we were, we were making good coffee. I wouldn't say it's great, but we were making good coffee. We're like, all right, we're starting to figure this out. So like the whole story, we started roasting in a cast iron skillet and probably 2014, 2015. I, I can't remember the exact timeline, but just one day I got interested in coffee and I was like, I want to figure out how to just do it myself. And, uh, I, I bought some beans off Amazon, just some green bean, threw them in a cast iron skillet and started going at it. Like I spent very little time researching it before that. I was just like, I'm just going to try it, see what happens. The first batch actually turned out really well. And that just got me hooked because I was like, now how can I make it consistent? How can I make it better? What variables can I play with to kind of create my own artistic style to roasting? And I think that hands-on kind of roasting style really got me started on the right path. Uh, Cause even when we did decide like, Hey, maybe we'd like to start a business. Um, me and my partner, Andrew, we, we found this guy on eBay who just built homemade roasters. And it was literally just a rotisserie oven that he converted to put an extra element in it. So it would get hot enough to roast the beans. He added a little PC fan on the inside. So it had airflow and would pump all the smoke out and it had a drum inside and we couldn't control all the variables that we can control now with our, our actual roaster. Yeah, sure. But, uh, it still got us just on the right path, I think. And we, we would data log everything every 15, 30 seconds. We were taking notes on the temperature and, we just had thermo- uh, thermometers plugged in all over the thing oh, so we could record all these variables. <laughs> Sounds like chemistry, yeah. you know, like well, a s- science class. It really is. So, yeah. so you go from, this is a hobby, you love coffee. Hey, why not do it myself? Small batches you can get roasting it from a cast iron pan to, you know, a yeah. device you buy later on. Um, so did you ever do any traveling? I'll go over the country or somewhere to get more influences or... Uh, I mean, I would always just kind of stop in and talk to people. If I was ever out of town, I was looking for a roaster and I just want to kind of pick their brain on like how they were doing things and what worked for them. Um, and I mean, I've, I've linked up with a whole bunch of guys over the years, just kind of figuring out what they knew and were willing to share with me about their process. And not everybody wants to tell you all the secrets. Yeah, no, I mean, of course not. Right. <laughs> It definitely, uh, it was definitely helpful just to talk to other people that were doing it. And I mean, they were successful in it. Right. Coffee's been around for thousands of years. Sure. You know? yeah. I mean, like it's, it's gone through the depression. It's gone through every major financial collapse of, of the modern history. So yeah, it's, uh, it's an industry that's been around. It is. That's, that was one thing I learned about coffee. Um, I think I was in new Orleans I actually went to, uh, a cafe there that sells the beignets. It's real yeah, famous. Yeah. Uh, I've been there. I can't, I can't even think of the Dumont, name. Yeah, but... Cafe Dumont. That's it. And um, no, so I, I went and got a coffee, and you know, you just get it to go. No, no big deal. Because um, I was not going to wait in that line to sit in the yeah. restaurant. <laughs> so discovered they had a little back alley to go. So I was like, oh sweet. So I ended up getting a serving of beignets, and then the coffee to go. And the coffee was just so rich and dark and flavorful and uh, you know i started reading about it and it's oh it's actually 
coffee mixed with chicory. And I'm yeah. like, well, what's that? You know, so I look it up and it turned out that was a way that when they had to export coffee to the United States and other countries really early on, they would cut it with this chicory root in order right. to stretch it out. So it was kind of the working class man's beverage. Yeah. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, Cause we think of coffee now as a commodity, like a luxury almost, right? Yeah. Yeah, after Starbucks and big chains like well, that. It's almost a necessity these days yeah, with, no with our American work culture. That's so. true. So it keeps you, keeps you fueled. No, that's, uh, that's what got me through my job. Uh, was just a pot of coffee on at all times. So, if I ever needed a little yeah. kick. So you kind of match to this craft because you talk to the community. They're supportive of you. They want more, you know, probably to see you be successful too. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't tell you everything cause you know, they don't want to be put out of business or <laughs> obviously, or, but I think just some things, there's a lot of intangible elements maybe. I mean, you can monitor the temperature and stuff, but there's got to be something that's by feel. There's an art to it, right? It's, it's an art. Uh, it's a blend of science and art because you have all these scientific uh, actual properties of roasting. Like it's all Maillard reaction, which is the same in cooking. You want to caramelize the sugars, not burn them. So the the ability to control your heat and your airflow and so you're not scorching the outside of the bean while you're roasting and you're cooking it evenly all the way through. Um, I've always said it's kind of a combination of baking and barbecue. Okay. And yeah, it's, hey. it's, it, it makes sense to me, but it's, you're playing around with a lot of the same elements there. It's okay. temperature time and uh, just the proper caramelizations of the sugars. Yeah, I imagine it's difficult. That's one thing I don't do is uh, I cook all the time, but I will not bake <laughs> for yeah. the reason is a, it's a mess, right? So you're cleaning up everything after that, and B, it's uh, it's so exact. That there is no feel or element of uh, you know passed down family recipes when it comes to baking. Right. Everything is so exact, and you're just a little teaspoon off on something, it can ruin the whole recipe. So I imagine coffee is very much the same way. Uh, yeah, that's the other side of coffee is once you get to the extraction side and you're serving a good beverage. So you got to take into account the entire roasting process and then switch over to extracting it properly to best express what we were going for on the roasting. So if we're trying to make a uh, like a lighter roast that's a little bit more fruity, but you don't extract it properly. Say you're doing a pour over and your extraction time's a little under, you're going to have this really sour and it's not going to have those fruity notes ex expressed the way you right. hope for. Or if you, uh, your grind's too fine, you'll have a very bitter cup of coffee and it's really kind of a, a narrow little target you're hitting there for proper extraction of coffee. Uh, it's fun but it's kind of yeah, frustrating uh, at times to do that at scale. So maybe for people that are not coffee aficionados, that maybe they like coffee, but they don't know anything about the process of making it. Take us from that, just a quick, you know, breeze through of from green bean to roasting to extraction. How does that work? Uh, so we take the green bean, we roast it. Our roast times, uh, we, we can roast about six pounds per roast, anywhere from 12 to 14 minutes, depending on what we're going for. Uh, our personal preference is maybe a little bit of a lighter roast. So even our dark roasts aren't going to have that charcoal-y kind of like really dark, smoky flavors. I personally just don't enjoy it, so I kind of leave it out of, uh, out of our roasts. Um, so from there, once you get the bag of coffee, generally it's 
gassed off a little bit from the roasting process, which is the release of CO2 from the bean. Um, if you're making espresso, if you're making drip coffee, if you're making pour over, the most important starting point is your grind. Okay. Finding your right grind. Uh, I mean, you can be in a few degrees of error if you're making drip coffee. It's no problem. Um, by, by grind, to be clear, you mean like the, the fineness of the, the ground? The fineness of the grind, yeah. Okay. So a drip coffee is going to be more coarse than an espresso. Right. But as you start getting down to like your espresso grinds, those little bitty changes make extreme differences. Okay. Um, but so from the roasted bean to your grind to your temperature of water, which would be your next variable, um, you'll extract more of the acids with the hotter water, a little bit less with a lower temperature water. So finding your grind, finding your water temperature and then your extraction time. If you over extract something, it'll taste bitter. If you under extract something, it'll be sour. Mm. Uh, and then finding right in that middle ground where that coffee just tastes amazing. Um, that's kind of where we shoot for. And we spend time with every origin trying to find that um, on drip, pour over, espresso, trying to get a kind of a guideline for our customers when they come in say, hey, well, what do you what do you recommend? And I say, well, if you're making trip, this is what I would say is my personal favorite. Um, and then we've got a couple different options. If you want something that's a little chocolatey, we've got a bean for that. If you want something that's a little kind of roasted uh, nut, almond, peanut butter, whatever, we've got that. Um, and then, of course, I love fruitier coffees, so we have plenty of those as well. And those flavors, that, that's just straight express from the bean, right? You don't have right. to do anything. Yeah, that's no flavors added. That is just the coffee doing what the coffee does. That's amazing. Yeah, and I've I've had plenty of the coffee. In fact, uh, you were nice enough to make me espresso on my new espresso machine and show me the ropes yeah. there, and uh, it, it came out pretty good. Like, So what, what was in that bag for that espresso? So bag? that is actually the espresso we use at the cafe okay. in Beezer. That is our Colombian Calca Wontama. It's a uh, washed coffee. Um, uh, it's our dark roast, which again is kind of a little bit lighter than most people consider yeah. a dark roast, but it's where we found that bean tasted the best for our espresso. And we chose that one because it has this really nice kind of dark chocolate, a little bit of a tart, um, but a, still a little bit of that extra bitter that really paired nicely with the milk. And it almost gives it kind of a chocolatey creaminess yeah. when we make a latte. Right. When we, when we made it, uh, you could definitely smell those chocolate notes coming out right. as it was being uh, poured through. And then um, I really liked it because we, we drank it plain, right? We didn't add it to anything. We're just drinking straight espresso and it, it was so smooth. It wasn't, it had the little bit of bitterness like you'd expect from espresso, but it's not like some I've had before where it's just it's, so It's bitter. almost like you bit into a piece of dark chocolate. Yeah, that exactly. Kind of it's not going to mm. make your face sour. You just kind of... No, you, you get a little bit of a bite from it. So I, I think uh, it's probably the perfect backbone, I would say, to some of your lattes maybe at the yeah. cafe. Uh, so do you have a flagship beverage that's really popular that people uh, would try? At the cafe, the French toast latte has been one we've had since we started. It's most people's go-to, uh, but it really actually tastes like Captain Crunch. If you're oh. or not Captain Crunch, but a uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. If you're drinking the yeah. milk at the end of the bowl. And as a latte, that's just, it's one of my favorites. I really enjoy the combination of maple syrup and cinnamon 
and putting that in a latte. So even our chai, we make our own chai extract in house, which is uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, allspice, ginger, and it. We make an extraction of that, and we use maple syrup to sweeten uh, what we call a maple dirty chai. And it's one of my favorite drinks to drink yeah. during like wintertime or if it's cold outside. Something about the maple syrup and cinnamon just warms you from the inside out. Yeah, well, can we add some bacon to that now? <laughs> yeah, next next version will have some yeah, bacon. Please do. Uh, yeah, man. That's, so you get into custom roasting or roasting in house. Do you ever make any custom blends, or have you ever partnered with anybody, any companies that have yes. approached you? So our uh, our first custom blend we ever did for uh, like another business was with the Vagabonds, which is a they're a a Southern rock band that started in Auburn and uh, the bassist grew up down the street from me. They've moved off to Nashville. They're doing well. They're touring. I think they've done. Yeah. They, they are a national act. Right? Yeah, you they, say it like they're a small time act, but I've, I know who they are. They have, exactly. They've gotten a lot bigger since <laughs> yeah. the days in Auburn. Um, so they're all over the place. They do tours almost year round. They've been to Europe on tour. Um, I mean, they're just doing great for them. Um, so what kind of coffee, uh, what, did you come up with them? We made a, uh, we made a, uh, kind of a Latin American blend. It was just nice and chocolatey. We actually used some of that espresso bean in that blend. Oh, cool. Um, and then it's got just a really nice balance of a dark roast and a medium roast that made probably one of my favorite drip coffees at that time. Yeah. It was, it was just so simplistic and balanced and it was not too heavy, not too bitter, not too roasty. And it's just very even. And, and they, they just took it and ran with it. They were like, we love this. We want to put it everywhere. Oh, were they selling and it at their shows? They were selling it at the shows. Oh, man. Uh, nice. I'm sure they drank most of it, which I don't know. Oh, hey. Cause, uh, oh, touring's hard, man. Yeah, on the road. You, you gotta, need a lot of yeah, coffee. Shoot. Playing you know, those late night gigs and then having to get up, you know, right. early morning. Um, but we've, we've partnered up with a couple other local uh, companies to do, couple couple blends for them okay um we're working on a few others with um logan he's running a new facebook page uh he's the coffee cop which is just kind of exploded into this whole other thing yeah, which is really exciting i'm happy for him yeah. that was really kind of unexpected uh, success that he found yeah. <laughs> seemingly overnight he just was like hey i like coffee and people were like that's awesome we like you yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm I'm friends with Logan. I've worked with him in the past. He's a great photographer, you know, on the side. And uh, yeah. so I'm, I was actually trying to have him on the podcast as well. But hopefully soon, hopefully soon. But yeah. I, I think this is a, probably the perfect introduction into coffee for our listeners. And then he can come in and kind of tell his take on it, yeah. too, from a, the consumer standpoint. So if you live here locally and you like coffee and you want just some wholesome content, Go follow the coffee cop yeah. because what he's doing is really just awesome. A lot of a lot of reviews. A lot of I don't even know how he keeps up with them to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I can't even keep my own Facebook right. profile. Yeah, <laughs> let alone two. So you get commissioned by the vagabonds to make a custom rose, but how do you personify a band into a coffee? You know, how does that work? How that's a, that's a quite a jump in the creative process. What inspires you? You know, how do you come up with those flavors to represent that band? Well, I've known Paul the bassist for a long time, but I have no idea what his coffee preferences are sure, for, yeah. as a jumping off point. I was just like, they just seem like 
like I don't know, rock and roll just seems like I want a good, just dark cup of coffee. And so I was like, what are my two favorite right now on drip that just heavy bodied chocolate and a little bit of nut, uh, a little bit of tart, not too much, but balance it all, layer it all. And uh, the origins we picked just happened to work out perfectly and embody just what I would say is rock and roll. All right. It's not yeah. dark and smoky. It's not like pool room dark and it's not like the end of the end of the night. You're just drinking the hot cup of coffee that's been sitting yeah, on the pot at all the night. Waffle House. It's, <laughs> it's got that rich flavor and that full body that just works for rock and roll. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I mean, man, that's fine. Maybe it's one of those things that's hard to explain until just you taste it, and it makes put on sense. a Led Zeppelin album. Drink a cup of cup cup of this blend, and tell me it's that's not rock right. and roll. Yeah, hey. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so you were doing this since 2007, and then I mean, you didn't you didn't open up Northside in 2007. Obviously, well, it was 2017. I think we actually so, did our LLC. So okay, and it wasn't 2007. It was probably 2000, 2013, 2014, 2015, around that era. So you're just home roasting yeah, up until roasting. seven like years I'd or so. Gone off to college, moved back, and was looking for something else because I've always worked in small business. So I knew from the get-go, like, I want to do something in small business. I want to run my own business. I just didn't know what. And then coffee came across my table, and I was like, well. Yeah, I could. Maybe. Maybe there's something here. But I don't know what I'm doing. So I spent a long time figuring out what I was doing before I decided. I was like, maybe I can actually do something with this. And then. And I think that speaks a lot to the, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going to pay $5 for a cup of coffee, but they have to understand this is not Maxwell House they're buying from the grocery store and yeah. a drip, right? So it takes you seven years to perfect that craft of roasting and presenting coffee just yeah. before you even think, hey, maybe I can open a business. And then figure out how to cover rent and employees right. and taxes. And it's not easy to it, start a business. It's, and- it's not. <laughs> But I think uh, I think people would appreciate it because it's you know coffee. I think Starbucks is you know they've taken over yeah, their I mean, whole the- enterprise now. And they didn't start out that way, right? They were just a simple little coffee shop in Seattle. Yeah, uh, I've, yeah. I've been to the original location. It's they've, they've super done tiny, great since then. Yeah, and um, but maybe and it, like anything, not blaming Starbucks, but I think once things go mainstream, so to speak, they they lose quality because they have to produce, yeah. right? And, yeah. and then that's not what we're you are as small batch as it gets, you know, whatever you can procure yourself. That's what you're making that day. I try and only keep coffee on the shelves for two weeks. So if it's not sold, I'm taking it home. I'm using it in beer. We're doing something with that coffee. So like our coffee is not sitting on the shelf. It's not going to be something you go to the store and it's already three months old. By the time you put it in your shopping cart, it's you come in, what's on our shelf is only been there for a week, maybe two weeks tops. And then we're, we're finding something else to do with it. And I mean, it's, it'll stay fresh in our packaging for a long time. I've had coffee I've pulled out months later and it tastes just like the day I put it in the bag. Um, it's just, I'd rather push out fresh coffee. So by the time you do end up opening that bag, you're still getting a great coffee and you're not going to get a bad impression if you open something up like Three months later. Yeah, and I, I can personally attest I had a bag of your bourbon barrel aged when I think you kind of were first coming out with it, and I got a bag, and 
drank like half of it, put it in the freezer, you know, to keep yeah. it fresh. And then I forgot about it. And then, uh, several weeks later, I, Oh yeah. You know, pulling it out of the freezer. There it is. And, uh, it still tasted just just like you described it, just like I remembered it. It didn't really affect the flavor. The bourbon barrel age, I will say, we get a little padding on that one. Yeah. That one will last a little bit longer yeah. because of all those unique flavors. It's really vanilla. It's got a lot of that oakiness from the barrel, but it's not overwhelming. And, I mean, it smells like you're drinking a glass of bourbon. It does. <laughs> but there's no alcohol left. No, in there's not. <laughs> there's no, no artificial flavoring, right? It, yeah, it's all just you and the barrel. All from the barrel. And so... uh I got interested in that because I started, I mean, I was just in the days of learning as much as I could about coffee. They used to ship coffee over uh, from Europe on boats. Like how else would you get it here back then? And in those, and they would just put them in wooden barrels because they didn't have anything else to it. So a dry wooden barrel is not airtight. So a lot of that coffee was taking on all that salt water that was in the air so the coffee back in the early settlement days was really salty and really? probably gross. I don't know. Yeah, I, but, I would imagine it might. I mean, the saltiness would cut down on the bitterness. So that is one thing. So maybe it was less bitter. But uh, I, I was like, okay, well, coffee's really susceptible to its environment. And if we put it in a barrel that's flavored, not necessarily flavored, but... Uh, saturated with aromas and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I'm Can really we? Impressed. Is it possible maybe that you say that? I think it'd be cool to make a roast blend of uh, kind of try to capture that era of when it was coming over on the boat, some kind of salty mix in there. Yeah. I've, I've really thought about, well, maybe next time I go to the beach, I'll take a barrel with me and leave there it you down go. There <laughs> for a month and then come back and be like, this is either good or bad. I don't know. Yeah, so take a gamble when we talk about shipping coffee and keeping it fresh one rumor i've heard and maybe we can squash it right now i don't know if it's true or not is the reason if you drink starbucks or any mainstream distribution of coffee it really doesn't have any flavor to it and i've been told that's because they roast it to the point that it hides how it's not really fresh anymore (laughs) yeah um i mean that that's absolutely a thing is we've definitely noticed over our time this is just hands-on. I mean, I take everything I, I read with a grain of salt. but So a darker coffee, from what we've realized, will start to seep out and lose all of those aromas and flavors a lot faster than a lighter roast will. And this is just personal experience. So if you do use a darker coffee, I recommend getting it as fresh as possible. Because over time, that coffee is going to degrade faster than a lighter roast coffee. And I don't have any exact numbers on how quickly it degrades or anything like that. I just know from our experience that uh, after about a month, I'm ready to move on to the next dark roasted coffee. Now with espresso, we have to roast in advance and kind of plan things out because it needs a lot of time to off gas because you're brewing under pressure. So if you're, if you've got your coffee that's off gassing, your extraction times are going to be all over the place Yeah, because you've got this extra variable of CO2 in the solution, which gives a kind of a stringent flavor if it makes it into solution. Um, so we, we really have to be aware of how much coffee we're using, how fast we're going through it and plan so that every cup is just as fresh as the last. Yeah. And you have to plan, I guess, in a way to make sure that you have enough for your customers coming in the door too. Right. Right. So yeah. it's hard to predict how many people might come in that uh, week. I'd imagine. It took us a long time to figure that out in our first couple of months. We were 
running out of coffee. I'm like, oh man, what are we going to use now? We got to wait on this gas off. What are we going to use? And we're like, all right, let's just try and use some really fresh coffee. And we're like, oh, this is awful too. Yeah. And then we were like, we we're chasing our tails there because we were we were new at it. We we had never run a cafe. We had never roasted for a cafe. Um, so we just took that as like a learning experience. We're like, all right, we're going to structure this out. And we learned really fast how to kind of mitigate that issue. And we're like, we're going to structure this out. So we've always got coffee and it's always ready. And we're not going to have to chase our tail every Monday when we're like, what are we going to serve this week? Well, that's, that's smart to do right from the beginning is to figure out what your, your supply needs are and try to make sure that your logistics are in check with the demand. Cause I've seen that so many times with people that are, I always had the dream to open a restaurant, you know, is the classic thing. So what they do is they retire from their career and and it's, I've seen it a lot. They don't, you know, typically older folks that are right at retirement and they'll, they'll do the classic mistake of pouring all the retirement savings in to start this restaurant and live this dream. And, thinking that, oh, and some people have never worked in a restaurant before and they don't know how much work it takes. Did you find something similar like that? Like, whoa, this is way more work than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. I had never run a cafe before, so I really didn't know what to expect, but I wouldn't say it was more work. It's just, I found it actually more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Really, I had never wanted to be a barista. And I was like, oh, I just dread the thought of doing that. And then as soon as I was like, I have no choice but to do this. Because if I'm going to start a coffee company, I'm going to roast all this coffee. But where are people going to try it? They're going to try it right there in our, our store where they would come looking for it. So I was like, well, it only makes sense to run a cafe and have a little flagship place for people to come and try new coffees or try something different we've got going on right now. Um, and I had to learn and I actually went to Nashville. Me and Andrew were going to Nashville taking classes on how to make espresso and we were learning how to steam milk and we were learning how to do latte art, which I still haven't figured out. Where do you find, where do you find classes to do that? Uh, We actually found a place in Nashville called Crema and they were teaching these classes and it was extremely helpful because that's really where we started learning about extraction and, We would take that and go home and we bought our own little home espresso machines and we would take the knowledge we had learned in these little classes and just start immediately applying it at home and just tweaking things to make things better and better and better until we found out like, okay, that's how it works. So, uh, I mean, even still it was every day is a learning process. Of course. Learning so much. Running your own business is tricky and it changes. You have to be, you know, accepting of change just to make the the, yeah. the rent. You know, I mean, and and year to year, our crops change because you don't know what's happening in in that growing region. Like if they're going through a little bit of a drought, your beans going to be entirely different. Uh, if it was a little bit hotter this season than it was last season, it's going to taste entirely different. I could, I could see that totally because just here in Huntsville, it's very cold yeah. <laughs> compared to what it usually is. So now on our side, we have not only the issue of extracting it. If it's going to taste different, we've got to change our extraction, but we also have to roast it differently. And we have to now find a new roast profile that fits what the characteristics of that coffee are. But you may not know what that is right off the bat. And yeah, you don't, you really don't. You just try it and you say, Hey, I like this about it, but I don't like this about it. Maybe if I tweak this part of the roast, I can kind of, cause you, you really start the caramelization process right before you get into first crack. 
And so around first crack is where people kind of kind of consider a light roast. So for us coffee newbie, what what does first crack mean? Okay, so first crack is where the moisture in the bean actually starts to evaporate out and it starts kind of making like a popcorn sound. And that's where you're really into that Maillard reaction where the the sugars are caramelizing, the beans opening up, a lot of that moisture is releasing um, and you're going to end up with that kind of more rounded cup of coffee. Anything before that kind of tastes more grassy, vegetal. Um, but after you get into that first crack, you start to kind of like bring out some of that caramel sweetness and you start to get some of that milk chocolatey out and you'll uh, express some of those tart flavors. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm going back to what you were saying about the Maillard reaction and uh, coffee being a lot like baking or barbecue is the way you would yeah. describe it. And now, and now it's clear because it's, my odd reaction, we think of grilling a steak, you know, and the temperature eventually it breaks yeah. down the proteins and make it more tender and flavorful. But coffee is nothing but a bean of protein, right? You know? Yeah. So have you ever heard of like reverse searing a steak? Where yeah. You cook it really slow in the oven and then you sear it off at the end. That's where you're creating that Maillard reaction on the end, which caramelizes the outside. That's all the sugars and the proteins being actually chemically changed to create those flavors. And that's what's happening in roasting coffee is you're taking a, a bean that has a moisture content. You're changing its temperature to the point where that moisture starts to release and you're starting to change the uh, sugar structures inside those cells and creating the sweetness and releasing kind of the flavor compounds that's within that bean. And there's a lot of things that can change the, the flavor of a bean. So there's two really popular styles of uh, processing coffee. One's called a washed and the other's a natural. A natural, they actually just kind of like lay out on a patio, like a flat concrete patio and let it naturally dry in the sun, which okay. yeah. actually ferments the coffee while it does that. So you'll get more of those like fruitier flavors out of a natural. That's all. And so, yeah, man, this is so deep. There's you know, a lot about like, coffee. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> Probably not going to fit in the post, uh, scope of this podcast, but that's okay. Uh, so I'm getting the impression that coffee is a lot like a fine wine. You know, it takes time. Yeah. There's an aging process to it. You don't always know because you're getting these beans from, you're not growing them. You know, you can't control the climate, just like a grape or wine varietals. I mean, do you, is that kind of how coffee is presented these days? Do you think it's, it's is, maybe that's helped kind of take it to the next level where it's, it's, I like to look at coffee as an ever evolving state. So it's never going to be the same. Um, and it shouldn't be the same. That's boring. Yeah. Nobody wants the same. Not the same. I mean, I mean, some people do, but yeah, but yeah, the adventure, <laughs> not, not the once. coffee yeah. fans that I'm sure, you know, you're catering to. There's so many options out there. There's so many different things to experience. Um, I don't know. That's like saying, I only want to drink water. I won't drink anything else. I don't want to try <laughs> juice. I just or, want water. Right. Yeah. Or bourbon. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or anything. So, but it, because it, maybe, maybe there is a complicated process here when you're roasting a bean, it, when you're coming up with a new blend, do you always get it right the first time? Or is there a process behind that too? Absolutely not. It's all trial and <laughs> of course error. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it worked with the Vegabonds blend. That one just came to me and I was like, this is going to be perfect. And it was, it fit. They loved it. Their fans loved it. It was 
selling really well on our website for a period of time, but we've added so many new things that it's kind of got overshined, uh, outshined by the like bourbon barrel age and stuff oh, like okay. that. I mean, like you get some unique stuff and people really kind of want to look for something different. We get a lot of people that come in and want to try pour over and on pour over, you really get to express those fruitier coffees because generally on pour over, you're going to do a medium or a light roast. And personally, I like light roast. So that's kind of what I okay. target uh, our pour over structure. around. So pour over is kind of like the funnel apparatus yeah. that you put the ground. There's a lot in. of different style of okay. pour over brewers, but we use a Chemex, which is just a traditional kind of decanter style brewer. Um, and then again, you can play with your water temperature, your grind, um, your dosing. So your ratio of coffee grounds to water. Um, I, I missed that in the earlier explanation of okay. all the variables yeah. and hey. the extraction. Well, there's a lot to explain but, yeah. there. I don't blame you. Um, so yeah, your ratio comes into play there and you can play with all these variables and it's really a learning experience every time you make coffee and like a pour over is very hands on. So it's the way I like to make coffee at home. And you really kind of get to learn the coffee, I feel like, if you're making a pour over, because you can play with your water temperature and time and uh, your yeah, ratio. It's such a manual process. Yeah. You have control of every little part, right? It really only takes about five minutes once your water's warm, but you're really kind of more connected to the cup of coffee you're making, I feel like. So you're talking about, we can do it warm, you do your pour over. Do you ever do any cold brew or experiment with that? Yeah, we've got a, a pretty great nitro program, actually. Uh, and Andrew runs that mostly. Uh, we've spent incredible amounts of time trialing different coffees, uh, different water chemistry, different uh, ratio brew ratios, different brew ratio uh, uh, brew temperatures, different, um, d uh, distribution methods. Like, um, we've landed on nitro as being our just absolute favorite. Is that adding nitrous oxide to the nitrogen or oh, nitrogen? Oxide. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nitrogen cool. oxide, uh, oxide, nitrogen, nitrogen. Yeah. So instead of CO2, it's, yeah, you know, two yeah. <laughs> or in. Yeah. Um, but, that's what we've decided is just our kind of preference because we're able to batch it, store it, and serve it um, in a more streamlined fashion. Sure. Because um, with cold brew, right, you have to take the grounds and let them steep in the water for a significant yeah. amount of time. Maybe. Hours, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen some recipes that – I've tried to do it at home before, but uh, it was like 24 hours, kind of leave it in the fridge and come back the next day, strain it out. And then there's a ton of different variables in that as well, because maybe whatever origin, if you steep it too long, gets very sour or bitter or things like that. And uh, you've got to be really careful and scientific about the way you, yeah. you do these things. Sure. And I, I would urge anyone to... I, Kind of full disclosure, I've had the cold brew, the nitro nitrogen cold brew that you do, and it's I think it's fantastic. It's one of the better ones I've had personally. Um, yeah. So I would encourage anyone that's never tried it, maybe, maybe try it with you first to really see what it's about because it's it's not like just iced coffee. It's it's frothy. There's there's yeah. body to it. It's almost like whipped cream. I would <laughs> So we we serve it under pressure, uh, and that forces nitrogen to the best it can be in solution. So nitrogen does not want to be in solution. All those bubbles want to race to the top. So while it's still kind of bubbling up and you get that cup and you taste it, it presents this really creamy mouthfeel 
when you drink the coffee. So it almost seems like it has milk in it, but it doesn't. That is just straight coffee, but it'll almost seem like a latte almost in um, presentation. Yeah, and I, I would I would encourage anyone that maybe trying to cut calories or they, oh, I don't like black coffee to try it that way because yeah. it, it doesn't taste like you think it would. It doesn't taste like the standard, you know, drip black coffee. Yeah. It's really flavorful. I guess the nitrogen brings out flavors that aren't expressed in other right. methods, yeah. right? Every delivery system is going to give you a different presentation of those flavors and aroma and having those extra little bubbles in there just really, I think enhances the representation of that coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you think here you started this business and you've been in Huntsville and you put that emphasis on locally owned small businesses. How do you think you've been received in Huntsville so far? Oh, I mean, it's been great. We've had a lot of customers that just really enjoy what we're doing and want to follow along and support us and uh, just talk. I mean, that's how we met is yeah, through right. This. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Smoky uh, Southerner actually introduced yeah, us, had him on the podcast uh, last episode, I believe. Yeah. And, um, I remember when we met, we just kind of got to talking and we had so many other common interests yeah, that we're turned like, out. Oh, you play guitar? You play yeah, bass? I yeah, play guitar. Yeah. Oh, you like all this punk rock music? Me yeah. too. <laughs> oh, you collect vinyl? Me too. Yeah. So speaking of vinyl, I, I was kind of in Madison the other day perusing the shops of Black, da- Black Dog Grounds and Sounds and noticed yeah. they carry your coffee. What's that about? They do. That was actually the first cafe other than our own to sell our coffee. Wow. So that's, that's a yeah. huge, so that was a big step. Big, yeah. A big, uh, expanding of your business. Though. And, uh, I'm really excited about what those guys are doing. So they've got a vinyl and hi-fi shop. Uh, I mean, it's just living the dream in there. Yeah, you can go in there and old just, vintage equipment. Awesome. Yeah. It's a cool atmosphere. They're doing a great job serving up the coffee. I've heard nothing about good things about what yeah. they're doing and they're just growing right alongside of us. Um, and they are just killing it. They're doing great. Yeah. They, I've seen they're doing, um, Kind of stand up comedy nights on yeah, Thursday. Thursday now. nights now after they close, they're doing stand up. You know, the comedy. funny thing about that is, uh, I was I was I had a knee issue and I've been working through, so I was in physical therapy for about six weeks straight. And it turned out that the guy that was my physical therapist is the MC of those comedy oh, nights. Really? At Black that's, Dog. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's a small world in Huntsville. I know, I, that's <laughs> what I love about it because you just connect with like minded people. You yeah. can talk like me and you have um Shoot, I think feel like we've known each other for a year now. Yeah, uh, it's probably on. been about yeah, yeah. That, that probably been about by. so. But uh, I remember when we first met too, and I remember I got in touch with that investor from Seattle named Richard, and yeah. uh, so we wanted to do something unique in Huntsville, and that was this event that I could host on the blog Rocket Fuel in order to kind of promote Richard's. Uh, he was doing a plug-in for a Chrome called Repi Box, which. If, you like to cook, you like recipes, please go get that plug-in because it saves you a lot of time. You can get through the long family histories. You know, it just brings yeah. up, basically what it does is bring up that recipe um, and nothing else. And it even gets through some of those paywalls too from some of yeah. those sites that try to, oh, well, you know, subscribe to us and you can see this recipe. Um, but he wanted to do a coffee event in Huntsville because he has another business here for real estate in order to promote that. And yeah. so I said, well, I know the perfect guy, you know, we could yeah. hook up with. And to be honest, I, 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 I talked to a few other coffee shops and I think you were the only one that would actually talk to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate that. But uh, that, that was kind of cool. Cause what we did was you had the, 
think the 150, 100 bucks or something that we put down yeah. in order. And whoever walked in that day got a free cup of coffee, basically. And so many new people got to just yeah, try our coffee. And it was that. right when we opened. I think that was like March, February or March of our first year. And we opened in January. So that's two or three months in. Most people hadn't heard of us. They got to come in and experience what we're doing. And it didn't cost them anything. All they had to do was show up. And they loved it. Uh, we loved it. Yeah, it was, we, it was we should do something time. like that again. Yeah. Maybe I could sponsor it for the Rocket Fuel fans who are listening to this podcast. That would be cool. Mention this podcast. Get a coffee on yeah, bread. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Mention the secret word. Vagabond. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So going through Huntsville, you're making your way through this small business scene. Probably something you never thought you'd be. You like coffee. You knew that, but you didn't know exactly what that would look like in your future. Will other people like my coffee? Right. That was that, the... It's safe to say that they do. And then even for someone, another retailer to come to you and ask, hey, can we use your coffee to distribute through us? Yeah. And that, that has to be a huge compliment. What, what does that feel like? We only started doing yeah. it, uh, I think, end of last year. So we're really new to the wholesaling. But we've had other people ask, um, like, from time to time, Charlie Foster's will ask oh. us for some coffee. No kidding. Uh, there's okay. another cafe in Ardmore. It's right there for anybody on their way out to uh, Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> right there on the main ship as soon as you get into Ardmore. JJ's Cafe, they're selling our coffee. Oh, no kidding. I didn't um, know that. Cottage Collective over here on South Parkway. They just picked it up for retail bags. And so just to kind of start really small and just kind of be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but... I mean, I do know what I'm doing, but how do I sell it to the community? Yeah. And then, like, just the the response has been amazing. And it's it's tricky when you start your own business, especially selling a product. It's you have to get yeah. people to buy into your vision too, and that, that's tricky. And there's something about like starting a business where you have this period of self doubt. You're like, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to stay in business and pay my employees and grow the company? And uh, I mean. In your first couple of years, that'll be there and you just got to work through it and just yeah. understand like I can figure out how to do this and it just takes determination and drive. And then it it's finding the right people to work with. Yeah. And so that's one thing I love about your shop is a, I can go into a cup, you know, into the, into the shop and get a cup of coffee delivered to me, made for me by the owner of the cafe. <laughs> but not only that, you have a great staff like Tori. I'm a big fan of, oh, um, yeah. she knows, she knows her stuff. She knows what she's doing. And so Tori's been, was just, she your first employee that she you hired? Was, yeah. Uh, we hired her about a month before we opened the doors and we could not have done it without her. Yeah, absolutely. Could so not you have. never yeah. ran a cafe. You never. needed someone yeah. that did lean and on her a little bit. She was just awesome from the get go. She helped us put a lot of things in place. We have a lot of processes and uh, just different little things she's taught me that have made our cafe kind of unique to us. And um, making all of our sauces in house, that was something we kind of decided early on that that was going to be what we did. And it's been awesome. I mean, we've got great responses from all the recipes we've thrown together. Uh, we try not to do anything that's similar to what other people are doing. We're just trying to do our own thing and make it as approachable for other people. I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable about going to like cafes cause it's coffee like, snobs. It's, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit intimidating, Yeah, it is. but we're a cafe in a bar. Yeah. So that's true. I mean, it's kind of, I was hoping 
to kind of give the impression that we're more approachable. You can come ask us questions. Yeah, right? that, I think that's you don't tr- have to know about coffee. That's to true. It. Anything at Beezer is like that because beer is very much the same way. I've been into some tap shops where it's very beer snobby yeah. vibe going. Oh, you don't know what yeah, this right. type of sour is exactly, or you don't. You never had this brewery before. How, how dare you? Yeah. But, I mean, I drink a lot of beer. I'll be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> I never had that problem, but I've seen the way some. Some other tap shops, not in it's town, but hey, just in general. It's okay to, to ask questions. It, it we is. want you to That's know more. That's the only way to learn. Yeah. And, it's, and we don't. I think it's important to keep these communities open. You're not, you don't want to exclude anybody, right? Anyone that's willing to come yeah. in and hear your story and learn about it is welcome. And that's what I love about what you're doing and Beezer in general. It's very that vibe that you go in and, hey, we're here to educate, not, you know, yeah. not put you down that you don't, you yeah, never heard of this. Snobby about it. It's just like, it's coffee. Everybody drinks it. You don't have to know about it. You just know what you like and what you don't like. And we can help you pick something we got on the shelf that hopefully it's something you like. Yeah. It's your job to kind of curate that experience yeah. and guide them. So what's next for for Northside Coffee? What what would you like to see happen in the near future? Expand your business? Uh, we're just going to, for the time being, we're going to keep things growing on the wholesale side. Um, cafes doing well, and we just find more customers to come in, experience what we got going on there, um, growing all of Beezer coming together. And then uh, find some more people that would like to serve our coffee in their cafes. Um, we also sell online, Huntsville.coffee or Northside.coffee. We've got the .coffee extension. All right, you can't you forget go. it. Can, no. Northside.coffee takes you to my website, Huntsville.coffee. Um, so growing online sales, that'd be great. We already do national distribution uh, through the website, which has been awesome. I'd, wasn't sure how people from Washington were going to find our coffee and order it, or people from Florida were going to find our coffee and order. It just happened. People from New Hampshire, Maine, all over the country wow. have somehow found my website hey, yeah. and decided that they wanted to purchase the coffee that we make. And it's been great feedback from them. So like, not only are we getting good feedback from our community here in Huntsville, we're getting great, great feedback from all over the country. And uh, we're getting repeat orders to California, to Florida, and all over the place. And that's really cool to see in your first year is be like, will people like this? They do. Yeah. And it, spe- it speaks you know, a lot to your business and saying that, hey, my coffee is not only good and enjoyable for folks in Huntsville, nationally, you know, people, yeah. it's something they could relate to. So for those kind of fans that are hardcore, you know, in, in town or wherever, do you, do you do any membership programs or a coffee club kind of stuff? So right now through Bisley, you can sign up for a discount, um, 15% off on a $10 discount. We offer other little perks on, you can find that on bisley.com. And then, uh, it goes all the way to a $20, uh, you get a goodie box. Maybe it's a mix of coffee. Maybe it's a couple of cool merch items. Uh, and of course you still get the 15% off on every cup all the way up to $30. And, um, you can just kind of pick what works for your budget, whatever you want. It it just supports our small business, um, and helps us kind of keep things going in the meantime, you know, I mean, not like we're. I mean, any kind of support. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's what I love about Huntsville too, as an outsider looking in, moving here about three years ago now is that the, the way the local community supports itself is just incredible. And 
it's so cool to see other restaurants and cafes and breweries. They all will collaborate all the time and really right. help each other out and, yeah. and teach each other stuff. And that's, that's comforting to see. Cause I, I think it would be cool. Maybe this is an idea for you to uh, get your coffee in hotels, you know, or something, yeah. you know, when people stay the night gas there, station. They, yeah, they yeah, have the single yeah. serve they can put in the pot or whatever. Yeah. A gas station. Uh, yeah. I'd love to get into the, uh, single cup brewer, um, style. It's kind of, Away from where I originated with the business was like fresh coffee. Do everything we can to preserve quality. We, after roasting, we store everything in airtight containers. It's in completely oxygen-free environments. Package it in a completely oxygen-free environment with a one-way valve, with a dark packaging. Um, Keeps everything from oxidizing as long as possible. Keeps everything as fresh as possible. Uh, Like any coffee that's on our shelf isn't ground because that oxidizes the coffee. So if you want it ground when you take it home, we grind it right then and there. So at least you're getting it fresh ground and it's going to be fresh for a week. For anybody that maybe it was like yourself, they're like, I always wanted to work for my own business or start my own business. I'm not really sure how to where to start. What advice would you have for people like that? I'd say make a good plan first. Good come business at it, plan. Come at it with a good business plan. Like know what, you're going to do what you want to do. Know who you want to sell it to. Uh, find the right people along the way to help you reach those goals. Um, even if they're friends that just have some advice to give you, uh, you're going to meet a lot, a lot of people while you're doing this. For sure. Uh, and you're going to find people that are willing to help you too. And, um, Cause even stuff, just getting the taxes paid and all, you know, these things you never yeah. think about. Find it, a CPA, right? Find yeah. a good CPA. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, just do it. It's, it's not as hard as it seems. Um, it seems a little scary at first. Cause yeah, you got to put some money up front and you got to make sure you make a good plan and you can execute well and you can, you've got to be adaptable. If you notice anything that's not working, you've got to be ready to change it. And you've got to admit when you're wrong and be ready to, just kind of bend until you break and keep going and keep pushing and keep fighting and work it all out. Keep going. Yeah. The grind. It's yeah. I mean, you just, you got to do it. Yeah. I think that's a positive note to end on this podcast. So for people that want to follow you, want to check you out online, how how do we do that? Um, Again, Northside.coffee is our website. Huntsville.coffee will take you to the same place. Find us on Google, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Northside Coffee HSV. That's our tag for both. Um, just follow along. Come check us out. Visit us at Beezer. Um, check us out on Bizly. Yeah, you won't, yeah, there you go. Bizly.com. Uh, find the membership there. You're not going to regret it. Coffee's excellent. I'm, I'm a big fan. As you know, I've bought, bought plenty of bags. Uh, don't intend on stopping. Have some espresso now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to you. Um, well, hey, Ken, I appreciate you coming out here, man, and uh, yeah. talking to me about coffee. I've learned way more than I thought I ever knew. <laughs> it's you been know? fun, man. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, take it easy. Yep. See ya. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Rocket Fuel HSV podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Need easy meal inspirations or want to see what the Huntsville food scene has to offer? Don't forget to follow Rocket Fuel HSV on Instagram and Facebook.